0: Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia. That we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to get right into it. And I want you to turn to 1 John 2.6. six. I have a lot of scriptures to cover, but I think you're going to enjoy this. He that saith, he abideth in him, in Jesus, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Now the first question today is, do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Do you want to walk with him? Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus or do you want to play church? Do you want to go to church every Sunday and sit in the pew and look so pious and then go home and do what you want to do? Or do you really want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus? If you want to be a disciple, then we're going to look at these verses. He that saith he abideth in Jesus ought himself also to walk even as he walked. So if we want to be a disciple of Jesus, we are going to have to walk like Jesus walked. Turn with me to Luke 6. Verse 40, Jesus speaks here, and he makes a marvelous statement. In verse 40, he said, the disciple, and that's what we want to be. If we want to be a disciple of Jesus, we have to pay attention to what Jesus says. And he said, the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. We will never be above Jesus. Thank God. We will never be above him. But if we follow him and walk as he walked, there may be a day that we'll be as him. As him. The disciple is not above his master. So we can never be more than Jesus. We can never be more than Jesus. But we can be as Jesus. And just like we said before, if we're going to walk with Jesus, we have to walk as he walked. Now, with that, go with me to Luke 4, 1. First phrase says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan. Stop there first. It says, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan. Okay, now if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus, we have to do as Jesus did. We cannot be better than Jesus. So right here it says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan. Now we know that Jesus was baptized in water. He had to be. He told John the Baptist, he said, thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. John, you got to put me in the water, right? Well, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you're going to have to be baptized in water too. And you're going to have to go down under the water like Jesus did. Sprinkling on a plastic bag on your head isn't going to get you buried. Jesus had to be baptized in water. Do you know if you say that you walk like Jesus and you think you can do it without being baptized in water, you are saying that you are greater than Jesus? Jesus had to be baptized in water. You cannot be greater than your master. If your master had to be baptized in water, then we do too, if we want to be like him. Now, the next thing he says here is he was full of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Ghost. and here, it says he was full of the Holy Ghost. Do you know that we got to get full of the Holy Ghost? If we are going to be a disciple of Jesus, then we got to walk like Jesus walked. Well, here it says Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. Well, if we say we can walk like Jesus, but we don't have to be full of the Holy Ghost, we are saying that we are better than our master. And that cannot be. You are going to have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to have the same Holy Ghost that Jesus had. And you're going to have to get full of him. Now, now we get into the nitty gritty. In this amazing, it says Jesus is full of the Holy Ghost. Now he is baptized in water. He's anointed by the Holy Ghost. Jesus is full of the Holy Ghost here. You would think, we got it made. No. What does it say in the next phrase? It says, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. (laughs) Jesus was led by that Holy Ghost that he's full of into the wilderness. Mark says, immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. Jesus had to go to the wilderness. He had to. And if he is our master, and we want to be his disciple, we're going to have to go to the wilderness. I see the eyes already. Oh, God. Some of us may already be there. Some of us may be round three right? The wilderness. If our master, if our master had to go through the wilderness, so do we. So do we. But you know what? We don't go alone. We don't go through that wilderness alone. Jesus didn't go alone. The spirit drove him there. The spirit didn't drive him there and then dump him. The Spirit was with him the whole time he was in the wilderness. Now, turn with me to 1 Peter 4, verse 12. Peter speaking. Peter walked with the Master. He said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Oh, you're going to think it anyway. You're going to think it strange. You got born again. You got baptized in water. You got baptized in the Holy Ghost and life is so peachy and then all hell breaks loose and you're standing there wondering what did I do wrong? What is wrong with me? Everybody else seems to be doing just fine and I've got troubles up to hear welcome to the wilderness welcome to the wilderness think it not strange the fiery trial which is to try you why are you in the wilderness to try you as though some strange thing happened to you and look at the next verse but rejoice rejoice when you're in that fiery trial rejoice that is not an easy thing to do That is not an easy thing to do. Rejoice. But my family hates my guts. Rejoice. But everybody I work with now hates my guts. Rejoice. They want to fire me. Rejoice. They want to kick me out of school. Rejoice. Rejoice. I have no money. All my money is dried up. Rejoice. Rejoice. I'm sick every time I wake up. Rejoice. Rejoice. The phone is ringing off the hook. Rejoice. Welcome to the fire. It says, but rejoice inasmuch as as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. You're there with your master. You're walking it out just like your master did. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. This is not to hurt you. It's to try you. Your faith has to be tried. Turn with me to 1 Peter 1. Well, let's begin with verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, you're in heavy fist through manifold temptations. Manifold temptations. Another way to put that is in trouble on every corner. Trouble on every corner. That the trial of your faith. Being much more precious than gold that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire. Fire. Not a warm sunny day. Fire. That might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Your faith has to be tried. Jesus had to be put into the wilderness and his faith had to be tried. Glory be to God. He was Jesus. He had the spirit of Jesus in him. He had the Holy Ghost with him. Now he's in the wilderness and his faith has to be tried. He has to be tempted. And it took him 40 days. Some of us it takes 40 years. But at least we come out. At least we're tried. Why do we have to be tried? So our faith works. If you are never put in a situation where you have to use your faith, your faith will never grow. You'll have nothing but dead works. You'll have wood and hay and stubble. And when it gets tried by the fire, it's a big bonfire. Your faith has to be tried. And it's going to be tried in a hard place. It's going to be tried with people talking about you. And it's going to be tried. I mean, everything is just going wrong. Where your whole family's looking at you like, what is your problem? I knew there was some sin in you. I knew it. This wouldn't be happening to anybody unless they were full of sin. I knew it. Jesus, have I been there. All right. Now, I want you to turn with me to Job 23.10. There's an interesting part of this verse. It's the same. This is Job. We all know Job was tried. Let us pray that none of us are tried like Job was. Job, before he was tried, the Father called him a perfect man. A perfect man. He said to the devil, But have you seen Job? Perfect and upright. Perfect! Let's put that perfect man in the fire. So he knows a little bit about this. And look what he says in chapter 2310. But he knoweth the way that I take look at that he knoweth the way that I take when he has tried me I shall come forth as gold when you are put in the wilderness your path it says right here he knoweth the way that I take your path has already been made not only made customized customized to you your path is customized he knoweth the way that i take and you will find in the middle of this fire in the middle of this trial how come i can't have the trial that that one's having their trials easy how come my trials so hard i mean i could handle that trial that's easy they just got some problems at work i mean look at what i got your walk is customized And why is it customized? Because God knows your heart. He knows your heart. And to make you gold, he's going to have to deal with what's in your heart. It says in Hebrews that we are saved to the uttermost. God wants us saved to the uttermost. He wants us to come out perfect. Perfect, complete. And we are saved to the uttermost. Well, you know what? To be saved to the uttermost... You're going to have to have the uttermost dealt with. God knows the way to get what's in your heart to the surface. If you know how gold is made, and it's a beautiful process. I grew up near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and everybody knew the steel mills. Gold is made the same way. You know how you make gold? You take the gold ore that you've mined, and it doesn't look like gold when you mine it. It doesn't look like gold at all until you stick it in the furnace. You stick that gold ore in a furnace, and you turn up the heat. That gold ore and everything with it, because it's not perfect, it's got all sorts of minerals and rocks with it. You stick that in the furnace, and you turn the heat on, and you turn it on high. And what happens is that gold ore starts to melt. Now, the wonderful thing about gold ore is it's heavier than the stuff that's with it, than the unneeded stuff. We called it slag in Pittsburgh. It's all those minerals and things that you can't do anything with. And that gold goes to the bottom, and the impurities come to the top. And then you take it off the furnace, the heat, and you take off that layer of imperfect things. And then you put it back in the fire. And it does it again. That imperfect stuff comes to the surface. Have you ever noticed when the trial starts, what comes to the surface? You don't like what comes to the surface. Coming, Why does it come to the surface? So God can deal with it. So God can deal with it. Oh, he knows what buttons to push. Sometimes it feels like all the buttons are being pushed at once. Why? You're in the fire. And the fire is bringing all the impurity to the surface. First thing I noticed when I was put in the fire came to the surface, pride. Pride. Ugly impurity. God can't do anything with you with pride. So the pride has to be dealt with. And he has a wonderful way of bringing that pride to the surface. I was a college-educated BS in education with a reading specialization. You know where God put me? He put me in a grocery store working under an 18-year-old customer service manager that was a dear little thing. I remember one day she, she told me to do something, and I'm in my 30s. I'm like 35. And I'm trying to work with the customers. I'm a checker. First, he put me as a bagger. I had to be a bagger, a 35-year-old bagger. Why? He knew what buttons to push. He knew what path I needed to be on. He needed to deal with the pride. He needed to deal with the pride. So we had to be a bagger for a little while. Then I became a checker. And one day she told me, close your section. Okay, fine. And then the next thing she does is she's yelling at me. I mean, she's yelling at me in front of everybody, in front of all the customers. And you know what popped up out of my heart? Thank God I didn't open my mouth. I didn't go to college for this. Red flag. I knew that moment exactly why that 18-year-old customer service manager was yelling at me. The button was pushed. The impurity came to the surface. And you know what? We dealt with it. We dealt with it. We got humble real fast. Real fast. That's why you're in the fire. The fire brings the impurities to the surface. Now what do you do when you're in the fire and you need a job or you need some money or you need some healing or you need some family situations taken care of? What do we do when we're in the fire? Turn with me to Ephesians 6. How do we get out of the fire? Ephesians 6, I'm going to begin in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, now look at this, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, that you may be able to stand in the fire how do you stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth all right what's the truth the gospel the truth is the gospel it says that i believe in colossians the truth of the gospel our loins are girded with the gospel the next one and having on the breastplate of righteousness well where are you going to get righteousness you get it through the gospel It's a gift of righteousness in Romans. How does it come by? It comes through the gospel. Not your feelings, not the law of Moses, not the Ten Commandments, the gospel. It says having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay, so far I got gospel all over me. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith in what? The gospel. Faith in the gospel. How do we stand in the fire? Faith. In the gospel, wherein you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation, the gospel of your salvation. There it is again. God did not leave us without what we need to get through the fire. He gave us armor. He gave us a sword, and that's next. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Do you know Jesus had to do this? Jesus had to walk through the wilderness, and here we come right after him. And you know what the wonderful thing is? He's already been through it. And how do we get through it? We get through it with the gospel. You're in the fire, and you don't have any money. What are you going to do? You're going to believe that gospel. You got everybody, you got bill payers coming down on you. You don't even want to pick up the phone because they're going to ask you when you're going to pay them. I've been there. I've been in that fire. What do you do? You believe the gospel. I am not going to consider what that phone's doing. I am not going to consider the situation around me. I am only going to consider what I believe. And what do I believe? Jesus died for me. He took my poverty on his own body on the tree. He paid for my prosperity. That's what I'm going to believe. You think you're in the fire? You do that and everybody around you is going to think that you want absolutely a wall. But you know what? In the middle of that a wall, here comes the money. Here comes the money. You start walking You're in the fire, and here comes some condemnation. Oh, does that stuff come to the surface? You remember every wicked thing you did from when you were four years old. That fire brings it up. What do you do? Do you look at it? Do you feel condemned? No, you believe the gospel. I am not going to consider how I feel, I'm not going to consider what I did. All I'm going to consider is it was paid for on the cross. All I'm going to consider is how fast I can get that in the blood. Why did it come to the surface? So it could be dealt with back in the fire. Then you go back in the fire and you get that one taken care of. I used to be so frustrated every time I would attempt to believe God something would happen something would happen to interrupt, to mess with me. Why? It was coming to the surface. And then I'd have to deal with it. And how did I deal with it? I dealt with it with the gospel. This was on the body of Jesus when he was on the cross. He went to hell with it. And the Father was satisfied with his sacrifice of it. And I have been justified from it. And you have to say that a whole lot more times than once till you can get it off and you can overcome it. And then it's back in the fire. It gets hot, but I want to show you Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now, thus saith the Lord, the one that made the path for you. He said, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. And he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Fear not. You are not alone in the fire. Oh, you feel like you are, but you are not alone in the fire. What's the next phrase? Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. When were you redeemed? You were redeemed with the blood of Jesus you were redeemed with the blood of Jesus. I have called thee by thy name. Rejoice when you're in the fire. Rejoice. You didn't put yourself there. The Spirit of God led you there. Rejoice. If he led you there, he is with you. He said, I've called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. I will be with thee. They shall not overflow thee. Oh, they get right up to the nose. You feel like you're going to drown any moment. You won't. You won't. It'll feel like it. Keep believing. Don't let go of the gospel. Don't let go of what Jesus has already done for you. Don't let go that all the answers were paid for on the cross. Don't let go of the gospel. Hang on to it. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Oh, it gets warm, but you won't burn. You won't burn. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I had days, days where it seemed like I was this close to going down in flames. But you know what? It never happened. It never happened. You know why God held me. God held me. What's it say in Romans? He can make you stand. He can make you stand. If you will believe. And you think you're not believing. Get back to believing. Get back to believing. It only takes a moment. Get back to believing. You fall again. Get back to believing. He can make you stand. Stand, he is with you. And you know what happens when you get through the fire? Your faith works. There were times I had no way out but God. No way out. There was no answer I could see anywhere. No way out except God. And that was the only thing I had was God. And you know what? He put me in that position. He wanted me to trust nobody but him. And he came through every time. Every time. Sometimes I shook. But I came through every time. He can make you stand. He has put you here to learn how to walk with him. And he has put you here to bring out your faith. And when you are tried, you will come out with your faith as gold. As gold. Do you want this kind of power in your life? Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? The first thing you have to do is be born again. Jesus said you must be born again. He said you must be. Your church didn't say it. Society didn't say it. Your mother didn't say it. Jesus said it. He said, you must be born again. How are we born again? Romans 10, 13 is a marvelous statement. It says, those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it also says in John 6, those that come to Jesus, he will in no wise cast out. No wise. Well, he cast you out? The only person that leaves is you. Jesus will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. Never. I'm in sin. He won't forsake you. The only person that leaves is you. Stay with him. Now you want him in you? Pray with us with me. Jesus, become Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Guide me. Fix me. And I ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box, 861-327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.